0: downloading the audio podcast of this week's sermon. We pray you'll be blessed and encouraged with the words you hear. I'm just going to share a little bit about us before Craig comes and speaks. Um, As Paul has already uh, shared, Pastor Paul, we have four daughters, um, and Craig and I have been married for 16 years. Um, If you can tell from my dodgy accent, I am an import uh, originally from Rochester, New York, but I have had the privilege of living here for the last 15 years. Um, And Craig is originally from Belfast. Um, He grew up in uh, a big housing estate in East Belfast. And so, uh, yes, I grew up in the States in a Christian family. My dad was a pastor um, for many years in a large church in upstate New York. Um, Then when I was uh, 17 years old, um, we moved to Denmark um, for missions. And my parents stayed for 21 years in Denmark, um, helping strengthen the church there. And after two years, I headed back to the States and went to Brooklyn uh, to work for a ministry there um, called Metro World Child, or Metro Ministries, you may know it as. And there I met this young man who came to be an intern from Belfast. Um, We got married in New York. we both had a heart for missions, um, Craig had felt a particular calling to Russian people uh, and I had a, a, I didn't know exactly where the Lord would would take me. So, um, but I did know He was calling me into missions. Uh, so we got married, and shortly after we were married, uh, we got a call to come to Don Donald back to the church Craig has grown up in, and we took on the youth work there. For six years, Uh, after those six years, we had accumulated uh, three daughters, (laughs) three of our four. And we headed off to Russia in 2014, September 2014, uh, with a three-year-old, a one-year-old, and a four-month-old. Uh, We were there for a year. God was very good. It was very insightful, very helpful for us to familiarize ourselves with the Russian people and the language and the culture. But after a year there, we felt when we were going to be coming home to extend our visas that god was telling us to come back for a season which was very surprising to us because we probably would have put some of our stuff in storage and not sold it all (laughs) so anyway we started again from scratch and we went on a bit of a a church planting journey throughout uh, many different counties and we uh yeah, we had a real privilege to see God do some some great things and to learn about the need for certain areas that are less reached than other areas. And then in 2019, Craig then started to take on the work of leading EMI, which is Elam Ministries Ireland. And that is what uh, Pastor Paul was referring to with the churches that we would work with in Southern Ireland. And... Craig leads a church still in Fermit in Dublin. So that is what we have been at for the last while. Um, we've also been foster carers for the last seven years. And through that, um, we have gained our, our youngest daughter. And so that has been a real privilege and something that we felt that God called us to pursue. Uh, so now with one extra in tow, The Brotherstons are heading out again. And we are heading this time. As you know, uh, the current climate in Russia is not very welcoming to missionaries. And uh, so God is calling us still to the same kinds of people. In this time, we will be heading out to Estonia. And we will be working with Estonian people and Russian-speaking Estonians and native Estonians as well. It's a dual language culture. So there is Estonian language, there is Russian language, and we're currently trying to uh, learn both. And so pray for us. <laughs> They're both very challenging and not related at all. So yeah, big job. Um, and we will head out in August of this year And we will work with some churches that are already established there and help to strengthen the church, hope to drive church planting forward and support that in whatever way that we can. And yeah, just see what God will do. We're we're willing and we're open to however he leads and directs us. I'm sure that Craig will expound on that a little bit more. But that's just a brief introduction of who we are. And thank you so much for having us. Thank you to Pastor Paul and Esther and the leadership team. It's a privilege to be here tonight. Thank you very much.
1: Yeah, thank you. Thanks, Pastor Paul. Thanks, JT, um, and the church for this opportunity to be with you all. I um, We have had an affiliation with Bellamoney Elam for many years, particularly through the youth work that we've done through Relentless Youth Camp. So we've always known people, but this is our first time in the building. So it's really great to be here after meeting people and hearing so many stories um, and all the rest. And then fun fact about Bellamoney, my great grandmother is from Stranocum. There we go guys, so I'm one of your own, don't you worry. She moved to Belfast a long, long time ago, but hey, I grew up knowing that my great-grandmother is from Shinokim and I never knew where that was, but here we go, not too far away. So there we go. Absolutely brilliant to be here tonight. Listen, we're going to read together a couple of Bible passages if that's okay. Feel free to turn with me or take my word for it. I promise to read straight from the Bible <laughs> and not make it up, but we're going to look at two Bible passages, one from the very beginning and one from the very end. So we're Gonna look at the book of Genesis first, the whole book. No money joking. Um, chapter eleven and verses one to nine, if you want to turn there. Genesis eleven and verses one to nine. The whole earth had the same language and vocabulary. I'm reading from the CSB version. As people migrated from the east, they found a valley in the land of Shinar and settled there. They said to each other, come, let's make oven-fired bricks. They used brick for stone and asphalt for mortar. And they said, come, let's build ourselves a city and a tower with its top in the sky. Let's make a name for ourselves. Otherwise, we will be scattered throughout the earth. Then the Lord came down to look over the city and the tower that the humans were building. And the Lord said, if they have begun to do this as one people, all having the same language, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. Come, let's go down there and confuse their language so that they will not understand one another's speech. So from there, the Lord scattered them throughout the earth and they stopped building the city Therefore it is called Babylon for there the Lord confused the language of the whole earth and from there the Lord scattered them throughout the earth. Amen. Okay, pause there, flip to Revelation all the way towards the back of the book. If you're following along, I promise not to skip to every book in between as well. Revelation chapter 7 and verses 9. To 17, right at the very last book of the Bible, Revelation 7, verses 9 to 17. After this, I looked, and there was a vast multitude from every nation, tribe, People and language, which no one could number, standing before the throne and before the lamb. They were clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands, and they cried out in a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God who is seated on the throne and to the lamb. All the angels stood around the throne, and along with the elders and the four living creatures, they fell face down before the throne and worshiped God saying, Amen. Blessing and honor and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and strength be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Then one of the elders asked me, who are these people in white robes and where did they come from? I said to him, sir, you know. Then he told me, these are the ones coming out of the great tribulation. They washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the lamb. For this reason, they're before the throne of God and they serve him day and night in his temple. The, The one seated on the throne will shelter them. They will no longer hunger. They will no longer thirst. The sun will no longer strike them, nor will any scorching heat for the lamb who is at the center of the throne will shepherd them. He will guide them to springs of the waters of life and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Anyone else excited for that day? to be with him firstly, but secondly in that crowd, too great to number, too vast to count from every nation, tribe, people and language. I can't wait. I'm so excited about that. Our third daughter Ariella that stood up already at the back is obsessed with lip balm. In fact, she's so obsessed with lip balm. She doesn't just like lip balm in her favorite brand, her favorite flavor, or her favorite color. She's so obsessed with lip balm. She wants lip balms in Every brand and every flavor and every color. My entire family are well warned at birthdays and Christmas by Ariela a birthday present. But make sure there's some lip balms in there. Or if you want the entire birthday present to be lip balms, then that's also completely acceptable. She is obsessed with lip balms, and our God is obsessed with people isn't he? His heart is for people and he wants them in his family, but he wants them from every nation, every tribe, every people, and every language. He knows all about the people in Afghanistan and Algeria and American Samoa. He loves the Uyghurs and the Uzbeks and the Urdu. He wants to be worshipped in Icelandic and Ibis and Irish. He wants everyone. But at the very least, what he will settle for on that day is every nation, every tribe, every people, and every language. You could say tonight, every nation, yes, every, every tribe, every people, every language, yes, every. At one time, as we read in Genesis 11, the people spoke with the same language and used the same vocabulary. They used the same words. They wanted to build a great city for themselves with a tower that reaches the sky. This will make us famous and this will keep us from being Scattered. But who stopped the building? The Lord stopped the building. So they wouldn't become famous. He confused them with languages and he scattered them all over the world. The idea that they would not scatter was not okay to God. This was not his plan. So actually, the spread of the gospel in some ways is meant to be. Difficult. It's the way God designed it. Languages are meant to be confusing and take time to learn because that's the way that God set it up. And it's one of the reasons that I think that missions exist and that it's set up this way is to keep us humble and so that we don't think that we are better than we are. I remember moving to Russia in 2014 and I had spent probably 10 years of my life trying to work out how to communicate well, how to preach the Bible well in English. And then God sends you to a country where you can barely say Jesus loves you in the local language and even when you try they just look at you like they don't understand what they're saying and there's a whole journey attached to this sort of thing and when we think about this passage in Genesis 11 let's be honest with ourselves today when we think about the Tower of Babel how many times is it our natural desire that we want things to be bigger and therefore better how many times is it our natural desire, and I understand this, to not want to be scattered? We think bigger is better, but sometimes I think God thinks wider is better. That's what the New Testament is talking about with the spread of the gospel, with what he is saying. Why would he say that? Contrary to what we think at times, God won't just settle for a ball of money people in heaven. Sure he won't. <laughs> Now listen, you might have your own special section or something, I don't know. But he wants every nation, doesn't he? Every tribe, every people and every language. And near the start of Genesis, we get this insight into God's plan from the very beginning that he confused people with different languages and he scattered people all over the world. And at the end of the book in Revelation, we understand why even more. Because this journey that we are all on ends with a vast cry, too great to count, from every nation, every tribe, every people and every language standing in front of the throne and before the Lamb. Can you picture it with me? Shouting with a great roar. Salvation comes from our God who sits on the throne and from the Lamb and the Brazilians are there and the Evenki people from Northern Siberia are there and the English are there and the Estonians are there and the Yemeni are there and the Rajput are there. And with this thought of every nation, tribe, people, and language, I have four quick questions for us this evening. And the first one is this. What does this plan say about God? What does this desire to have people from every nation, tribe, people, and language say about God? What does this plan say about him? And a really quick answer, I think it says that he's really big, isn't he? He's a really big. Big God. We naturally tend to think in terms of the people that we know, don't we? We know people from our local town. We know people from our county. We know people from our part, our community, our whatever. And we think in terms of these people. This can include people from other places, but mostly we think in terms of the people that we know. My dad still thinks that the housing estate where I grew up is the absolute center of the universe. And there's not really anyone else that exists outside of that and certainly it's not worth talking about. But actually, God is so much bigger than that, isn't he? We would have maybe between 15 and 20 Nigerian families in our church in Dublin. And I think I know something about Nigeria because of them, but actually my entire knowledge of Nigeria is 231 million people reduced to 15 families. I actually don't know that much about Nigeria, but I know someone who knows everything about that. Our God is really big so much bigger than we woke up out of bed this morning considering and thinking about, he is really big. And this plan for every nation, tribe, people and language speaks to his bigness. Really quickly, one of my favorite um, chapters in the Bible, Isaiah 40 speaks of his bigness. Just a couple of verses from 12 to 15. Who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand or marked off the heavens with the span of his hand? the musicians in the room, I mean, I can barely reach an octave, you know, and our God measures things with his hands. Who has gathered the dust of the earth in a measure or weighed the mountains on a balance or the hills on the scales. How do you begin to weigh a mountain? This is wow. Wow. Who has directed the spirit of the Lord or give him counsel? Who did he consult? Who gave him understanding and taught him the paths of justice? Who taught him knowledge and showed him the way of understanding? Look, the nations are like a drop in a bucket. They're considered as a speck of dust on the scales. He lifts up the islands like fine our God is really big, isn't he? And his plans for the world are really big. And his plans for every people and nation and tribe and language are really big. And a big God is not content with worship from a couple of nations. A big God is not satisfied with his glory seen in a number of tribes. A big God deserves more than honor and adoration from even most of the people or most of the languages. A big God will settle for nothing less than worship and glory and honor and adoration from every tribe, every people, every nation and every language. Secondly tonight, what does this big plan say about his church? We know that Jesus is building his church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Amen, church. His church is made up of people on that day from every nation, tribe, people and language, a global church, a diverse church. In Ephesians 3 and verses 7 to 10, I'm going to read these from the New Living Translation. This is what the Apostle Paul says, By God's grace and mighty power, I have been given the privilege of serving him by spreading this good news that is not designed to be kept by us, but is designed to be spread. Verse eight, though I'm the least observing of all God's people, he graciously gave me the privilege of telling the Gentiles about the endless treasures available to them in Christ. I was chosen to explain to everyone this mysterious plan that God, the creator of all things, had kept secret from the beginning. God's purpose in all this was to use the church to display his wisdom in its rich variety to all of the unseen rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. Firstly, this is one of my favorite verses in the Bible describing the church. The thought that God uses his church to display his wisdom and its rich variety to the unseen rulers and authorities in the heavenly places is again, just big, a mind, blowing, that the unseen rulers and authorities in the heavenly places are looking at the church of Jesus Christ and are in awe of God's wisdom, despite our flaws. Sometimes I wonder if it adds to it actually, that they're looking and going, God, you use me, you use your church, you put us together, this barmy army in some ways that you brought us all together to show Unseen rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. How wise that you are, how big that you are. But also the wisdom in the spread of the gospel and establishing his church across every nation, every tribe, every people, and every language. Who else could come up with a plan like that? Who else could establish something in all of those places? Nobody else but our God. No other religion has even come close nobody else could do this Stephen Neil the missiologist who wrote a book that some of you might know called the history of Christian missions put it this way Christianity alone has succeeded in making itself a universal religion it has found a home in almost every country in the world it has adherents among all the races of men from the most sophisticated of Westerners to the aborigines of the inhospitable deserts of Australia. And there is no religion of the world which has not yet yielded a certain number of converts to it. Speaking to the bigness of our God, how he's using his church to see people one from every nation, tribe, people, and language. It's amazing, isn't it? And you think about then what God has been doing in Balamone and this church that's been established almost 100 years. And do you know what? We couldn't probably mention every pastor, every church leader, everybody that's gone before. But we do know that there is a church in Balamone. Isn't that right? Because there's been a faithful witness and presence here in this town down through all of those years. And it's similar in the Bible, isn't it? We don't get lists of all the church leaders in every setting, in every church. But what we do get is a lot of names of locations and places where the churches were. Why? Because God was using his church and it looked different and different different seasons and there was different people in charge and different seasons and leadership and all of those things. But God was using his church to see people one in every nation, tribe, people and language. Thirdly, this evening, what does every nation, tribe, people and language say about me? And when I say me tonight, I'm not just talking about me, but I'm also inviting you to ask yourself the question this evening as well. What does this say about me? Matthew 24 and verse 14 says, and the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world so that all nations will hear it and then the end will come. And this word nations In Jesus' words there is actually the Greek word ethne, which really means peoples, which really means every nation, tribe, people, and language, that this good news, of course, needs to go to every tribe, every nation, every people, and every language, that they get the opportunity to hear the gospel. They get to hear the opportunity that's put in front of them by Jesus Christ and what he has done for them on the cross. Jesus said things like this and then he also said in Matthew 28 and verses 18 to 20, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you and be sure of this, I am with you always as you go about this work. He absolutely believe that this vision of every tribe and people and nation and language was for his whole church to play their part, to do their various things in bringing this to pass. In Matthew 24 and verse 14, we have a statement about the end, don't we? In other words, Jesus says, I'm writing this story across the whole world, that the whole world will hear the gospel and then the end will come, that we would get our eyes on the big picture of God's redemptive story. Do you know what, God is not just at work in my life or not just at work in your life, although I get it. Some days that's all I can handle. Anyone else with me? (laughs) Is what he's doing in me or what he's teaching me in that moment or in that day. But praise God, he's at work in a whole lot of other lives, isn't he? All across this planet, he is working and moving to this goal and this end and this picture and this vision of a crowd too great to count from every nation, tribe, and people, and language worshiping him on that day. And what does Jesus say? He says, therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations. This great picture and vision and story being written in world history in 2024 through a bunch of vapor people that are here for a few short years, that are here one day and gone the next, involves each and every one of us with whatever time that each of us has left and none of us knows. What does every nation, tribe, people and language say about me? Gives a whole different perspective to you and I interacting today, doesn't it? To be in his church gives a whole different perspective to our life goals and our bucket lists and our prayer lives. God wants to use me. God wants to use you to make disciples of all people who will stand in front of this crowd from every nation, tribe, people and language. Wow. We all have to say to ourselves, Jesus is talking to me too. What is he saying to me? I want to encourage you tonight to just do a couple of things. I don't know if you've ever looked at the website, joshuaproject.net, joshuaproject.net. But if you haven't, can I ask you to do that tonight or sometime this week to look at this website, joshuaproject.net. And on there, you have up-to-date information about what the Lord is doing across the nations of the world You will see in that information that there are still 7,200, over 7,200 people groups still unreached in the world today. That makes up 42% of the world's population or more than 3 billion people. We have not landed this plane yet to get the gospel to every nation, tribe, people and language. But praise God for what he has done. But getting more informed will help us to pray, won't it? Getting more informed helps us to consider what part that we can play and what we can do. And on that website, you have a breakdown of all of those people groups, all of the languages. It will tell you whether those peoples have a Bible in their language, whether they just have a New Testament, whether they just have portions of the Bible, whether a Bible translation has not even started yet in their language. It will give you a breakdown of what percentage they are in terms of evangelical Christianity. It will give you an awareness of the needs. Can I encourage you to do that? And can I encourage you to ask him as well, sometime this week, Jesus, what part do you want me to play in this? However big, however small, however seemingly insignificant, however seemingly significant, what are you asking me to do in this picture of every nation, tribe, people and language? Can I say to you tonight, church, What a privilege that we get to play a part in this. What a privilege that he's asked us to make disciples of all the nations, to partner with him in this great redemption story of the world. Fourthly and lastly tonight, you can relax. What does this plan mean for the Brotherstons? We have talked a lot the last couple of years, especially in terms of mission even on this island about goers and senders and prayers. Some people are called to be prayers, to pray and intercede on behalf of the nations. I'm not talking about just everybody praying, which I assume you already do, but those people that will give significant time and energy and intention to praying for the unreached and the missionaries and what God is doing in the world. And it's amazing to meet those people in the churches that we get to go around and see. Some people are called to be senders, to raise people up that will go to encourage and support and care for and cheer on. And some people are called to be goers, to pick up their lives and to move somewhere else cross-culturally to a different nation, people, tribe, language, to share the gospel for the sake of the spread of the gospel. How did the apostle Paul describe it in Romans 15 and 20? It has always been my ambition to preach the gospel where Christ was not known so that I may not build on someone else's foundation. As Abby has already shared this evening, this has been part of our family story. Abby moved with her parents at 17 to Denmark and got a picture of cross-cultural mission. She speaks fluent Danish today. She learnt it at that time and she got a flavor of what God was doing. They moved from a big church in America to a church of about 70 people in Denmark and they were used by God there for 21 years in various ways. I grew up in Dondonald, very working class. Come on JT. And uh, we had barely traveled. When at 18, I moved to New York City and there I got a picture of cross-cultural mission in a city literally with the nations represented, but also a ministry there with staff and interns from all over the world. And God has taken us on a journey since then and asked us to do various things. And the next part of that journey is in the first of August, 2024, we will move our family of six to Tallinn in Estonia. We'll be working with the church network there. They're called EKNK, and they've been Elon Global Partners now for over seven years, so it's great to partner with them. We will be working with struggling churches. We will be looking at church planting. We are hoping to raise up young leaders and do lots of things while we are there. But we are also open to however the Lord wants to lead us. And we're in an interesting space there in terms of what God is doing in Europe as well, and a call to mission in that space, but also to work with Russian speakers of which there are over 300,000 in Estonia. We're excited to partner with Elam Missions and to look at the link with the UK and Ireland to look at trips and training and raising up the next generation of disciple makers um, from this place too. And we would love if a team sometime from Balamuni would come out to Estonia as well and partner with us in that way. Or if you ever find yourself in Tallinn for a weekend, it's a beautiful city, please get in touch. We'd love to meet you for a coffee or do whatever we can do to help facilitate your visit as well. There is a great need for the gospel in Europe. There's a great need for the gospel in the Slavic world. And we are genuinely excited and challenged and stretched and sad to be saying goodbye to this land, but also excited to be asked by God to partner with him among these people and in that space, which also means that we get this opportunity like this to go around churches and invite people to partner with us. So let me mention just a couple of things quickly. There is an email sign up sheet at the back of the room. If that is something that would help you to stay connected with what we're doing, then we would love you to sign up for that. Now I get it, some people hate emails, then that's okay. There's no offense taken, don't you worry. And I also promise not to send you an email every day about what I have for breakfast in Estonia and how the school drop off went and all the rest. But if you sign up to that a couple of times a year, we will give you updates on what's happening and what God is doing that we can partner together, some of us, maybe all of us, in what God is doing in, in that part and we can do this sort of back and forth, which would be brilliant. Anybody on Instagram? We're also on Instagram. If you want to sign up to follow us at Brotherston Missions, then you will get more than a couple of times a year. You will get some more updates than that. So feel free to do that as well. And then in these packs we have at the back, we'd love everybody to take a pack, whether you're going to get more involved and partner with us or not. But inside there are some cards with our names on them. My email address is on there, my personal one. Feel free to contact us at any time if that's helpful in any way. Um, There are some fridge magnets. Anyone still got a metal fridge at home? Yeah, you can stick us on there. Anything that will just help you remember us in prayer. But also we would like this to be a partnership, whatever we can do to partner with you in the church as well. We would like this to go both ways and we get the opportunity to do that. And then the last thing is in these packs are some standing order forms. We, whatever you would ever give, encourage, pray, for our family, for the mission that God has called us to go on. We are so, so thankful. We know from Mark chapter 12 and the widow's offering that it's never about how much that anybody actually gives. So from the bottom of our hearts, whatever you would ever contribute, thank you so much. But what I can do tonight is tell you what would be best for our family. And honestly, lots of people signing up to five pounds a month would really make the difference for us. And so I would just leave that with you tonight to ask the Lord, if maybe you would like to partner with us in that, and we would be so, so grateful as we do something together for the kingdom of God in different parts of the world, to see disciples made of all the nations. Revelation seven and verse nine, one more time. After this, I looked. There was a vast multitude from every nation, tribe, people, and language, which no one could number. Standing before the throne, before the lamb, they were clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands. We serve a big God, don't we, church? Who's using his church to spread his gospel to all these people. Who's asking you and I to make disciples of all the nations. And I wonder what he is saying to you and to me today. I'm going to finish with a poem by C.T. Studd. I'm sure some of you have heard of him. If you haven't, I don't have time to explain to you about his amazing life. But please feel free to Google that as well. C.T. Studd, very famous missionary. But he wrote this poem and it's one of my favorites. Two little lines I heard one day traveling along life's busy way bringing conviction to my heart and from my mind would not depart. Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. Only one life, yes, only one. Soon will its fleeting hours be done. Then in that day, my Lord to meet and stand before his judgment seat. Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. Only one life. The still small voice gently pleads for a better choice, bidding me selfish aims to leave and to God's holy will to cleave. Only one life, it soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. Only one life, a few brief years, each with its burdens, hopes and fears. Each with its days I must fulfill, living for self or in his will. Only one life, it soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. When this bright world would tempt me sore, when Satan would a victory score, when self would seek to have its way, then help me, Lord, with joy to say, only one life, twill soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. Give me, Father, a purpose deep. In joy or sorrow, thy word to keep, faithful and true, whatever the strife, pleasing thee in my daily life. Only one life, twill soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. Oh, let my love with fervor burn. And from the world now let me turn. Living for thee and thee alone, bringing thee pleasure on thy throne. Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. Only one life is yes, only one. Now let me say, thy will be done. And when at last, I hear the call. I know I'll say it was worth it all. Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. Let me pray. Father God, we thank you for the privilege tonight to be gathered together in your name. God, I want to thank you for this church. I want to thank you for almost 100 years of gospel witness, of faithfulness from saints, Father God, from a presence in this town to acknowledge you, to wave your banner, to share your gospel, God, and we celebrate that tonight. God, we acknowledge tonight your bigness. We thank you that your plans are so much bigger than we could even fathom, that you are so much bigger than we could ever comprehend in this moment, God. We acknowledge that you are such a big God. And God, we thank you for the story that you are writing in Balamuni. But God, we thank you for the story that you're writing on this island. We thank you for the story, God, that you're writing throughout Europe, the story that you're writing to the very ends of the earth God and God we thank you that we get to partner with you in sharing your gospel and making disciples and seeing your church made strong and in seeing your word go to the very ends of the earth God I pray for my brothers and my sisters tonight that all of us would be found making disciples of all the nations playing our part to your glory. God, I want to thank you tonight for what you've asked our family to do. Thank you for this invitation, God, to partner with you in your work in Estonia, different things across Europe and the Slavic world. God, might we be found faithful to everything that you're asking us to do, that you might get all of the glory. God, I pray that those words would ring in each of our ears. As we consider the week ahead, the month ahead, the year ahead, and whatever breath we have left, only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. Help us to bring you glory, we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. And
0: your love is great. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. If you would like any more information, have a look at our website at www.ballymoneyelam.com.